Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky, back with you on a Monday. College football officially starts this week. You're still 10 days away from kickoff for Ole Miss, but still, uh, you made it through the offseason, you have survived, and uh, congratulations for that. And again, welcome in uh, today. It's uh, the Sunday live chat, so that happened late last night. Some good conversation, uh, good back and forth. The the, uh, the the text line or whatever you want to call it, the chat was uh, was hopping last night. And so I appreciate you if you joined. If you didn't, here are the highlights of the Sunday conversation. That's an ESPN thing. I don't know. That's not the best way to, to describe it. The Sunday live chat here that has a lot of Ole Miss focus. Uh, we ripped on AM for a little while because why not? And, uh, and a whole lot more. Lane Kiffin not speaking with the media today, uh, even though that was uh, when he was scheduled to. You know, things change, whatever. It, it doesn't really matter. Point is, I am curious to see if he actually just kind of ends the quarterback charade and, and allows there to be some clarity. You're seeing starters named all over the country. And even in places like Georgia where, you know, it's Carson Beck and everybody knew it was Carson Beck, but they finally announced it anyway. Uh, we'll see if the same thing happens at Ole Miss. I, honestly, I'd be surprised if Lane does it, but when it is apparently as obvious as it has been, maybe he just kind of ends it and uh, and does that. I'm curious to hear uh, from Lane Kiffin this week just about a lot of things, really, mostly quarterback-related, uh, but also he keeps talking about chemistry. And I'm really interested to compare what he said about team chemistry going into this season as opposed to last season. It is a very different tone and vibe coming from Lane Kiffin from that perspective than it was a year ago. And if he keeps talking about it, uh, you know, maybe there's there, there's some something to it. There is something to it, but um, he is usually not one to... And to give anything away, really, in these press conference settings, but as we talked about before, it does seem like he kind of likes how everything is going uh, so far. So... We'll, we'll see if that continues this week. I, I, is it tomorrow or Wednesday? He'll talk this week, just not today. Um, if, if there's anything noteworthy, of course, we will talk about that right here. So, again, my name is Michael Borky. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And if you're listening to this podcast on the website, I appreciate you uh, for checking out supertalk.fm. But pull out your phone, search... For the Rebel Report and your favorite podcast app, subscribe and leave a rating and a review. And before we get into the live chat, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That is the website. If you or your business are located in Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and data security, everything. If it's tech, if it's in the office and your business is located in Mississippi, absms.com has you covered. Tell them I sent you. You get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. 
The podcast is also brought to you by uh, Priority One Bank. You can conveniently manage all of your Priority One Bank accounts from anywhere that you have internet access. That's all you need is internet access. Their online banking and bill pay service lets you do more than just check your balance. You can transfer funds, make payments, set alerts, and more. You don't need multiple apps to manage your money. They have one uh, or go to one of their 16 locations across the state of Mississippi. If you're in the Jackson area, there are plenty. I've been to one myself in Hattiesburg, but there's 16 of them. I haven't been to them all, but uh, every time I go, I get treated like a familiar face because I am a familiar face with the good people there at Priority One Bank. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, here it is, uh, Sunday live chat. A lot of Ole Miss focus on this one. A lot of Ole Miss fans in the chat last night, and for that, I appreciate you. So here that is now, and uh, we will be back probably tomorrow uh, with just another edition of this podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Here is the live chat. We're, uh, we're live for the Sunday Q&A. Glad that you guys are with me. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Feel really good. You should feel really good as you sit here today. On this Sunday, I uh, was watching the Saints. That was fun, even though it wasn't um, like almost any of of the starters. But still, uh, I watched the Saints today. Little guy watched the Saints with me. Um, Jameis was fine, I guess. But it doesn't matter. We're not here to talk about that. Today, it, it ends the final weekend without college football until next year. The final weekend without college football until next year. And the final weekend without regular season football until the middle of February. We have made it. Congratulations. Give yourself a hand. You survived the offseason. It was a little bit more difficult around here because the baseball teams uh, didn't go far like we're used to them going. But we are back. College football is back. And I'm glad that uh, you guys are with me. Please uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, to the video, and uh, we'll just we'll do the chat as we always do. Um, recruiting was a big topic this weekend. My gosh, recruiting was a big topic this weekend. Uh, contention all around the state of Mississippi and uh, and the SEC this weekend. I saw the message board geniuses post where an Auburn fan seems to think that Ole Miss has a billion dollars somehow. Um, that they that they're spending on football. Oh man! Um, d- despite the fact that it, the the concept of that is utterly ridiculous, right? Having because of lawsuits, they have a billion dollars to spend on football. If that was actually true, do you think that their stadium would sit as it currently exists right now? No. Anyway, but you you gotta love the stuff that comes out. When uh, when recruiting happens, you got the accusations. Which uh, now that paying players is legal, the oh well, he just got paid stuff has always been kind of ridiculous because players getting paid in recruiting has always been part of the process, like always and forever. But in an era where it's celebrate, not only like legal, and the NCAA is not going to do anything about it, it is celebrated. There is a college sports website a large one that literally assigns a monetary value to the recruits now it's not anywhere close to an exact science it's kind of it might even you could call it irresponsible even in some cases but still that exists like not only is it 
legal. It is celebrated and calculated by a massive website covering college sports. So that has cracked me up. Oh, well, they they paid him. They they paid him, and that's why he's going there. You would have too had he chosen you. Everybody anyway. So I saw the message board stuff and the meltdowns and all that. What a interesting time that uh, that we live in here, um, where. You know what's weird about th- that as well, like kind of the meltdown and in, in the reaction. In it's an in-state kid choosing to go to an in-state school, and there was like a a meltdown from Auburn people about a kid from Mississippi choosing to go to the University of Mississippi. Anyway, whatever. But that happened this weekend, and of course, whatever you guys want to talk about, we'll just go through the chat and have some fun. For the next uh, 30, 45 minutes or uh, or so. Again, I was watching the Saints, but none of, none of the starters even really played. And um, there, I, I just, there's only so much Jake Hayner that, that I can watch. And apparently he just got hurt now uh, as well. So more, uh, more Jameis, if that is, uh, if that is your thing. So we're officially on the Vandy versus Hawaii hype train. Let's go. Yes, I will be watching that game. I will watch every single snap of that game, and I will love it. But but it's not even just those two. I'll watch Southern Cal play. I'll watch it. I'll have all the other games on in the background while I'm probably doing other stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I will watch Vanderbilt in Hawaii in every snap, and then on Sunday we're going to talk about it right here because it's college football, and it's not Portal, and it's not NIL, and it's it's just college football. We're finally done talking, at least for now, about conference realignment and stuff like that. We just get to talk about football, and it's actually here finally. Another one, we're, you're excited for football to be back, but I'm not really ready for the Mississippi teams until week two. Week one is going to be a bore. It is. It is. Um, you know, you spend an entire offseason – uh, you know, rating your message boards and your practice reports and, and looking at players that are coming in in the portal and, and like looking at the schedule and making tailgating plans. And, and you do all that stuff all offseason because you're so freaking excited for football. And it's southeastern Louisiana. And it's Mercer. <laughs> we don't really get started off with a bang. Honestly, week one doesn't really do. Um, week two is better than week one in terms of game lineup. And, uh, and stuff like that. Of course, because it's college football, we're going to get something interesting. Like, you're going to look up at, like, 12 on that that first Saturday of week one, and, like, East Carolina is going to, you know, be down 10-7 to 7 with the football in the red zone in Ann Arbor in the second quarter, and suddenly that game becomes interesting now. So we will there will always be something that happens. There always is. But the slate on its own on that Saturday, a little bit to, to be desired, honestly. LSU Florida State's going to be great. I think Florida Utah is going to be great. I, I keep hyping that game up, and then it's going to be terrible, and then people are going to remind me how stupid I am, which I already know. Um, even Nebraska Minnesota is interesting. You know, we do get South Carolina, North Carolina. Like th- there's some, but the lineup in Week One is not on that Saturday. It's just not as good as what we'll get in Week Two. Say Auburn really thought they had Cam, didn't they? They're big mad. Uh, yeah, and I said this uh, on the podcast that I recorded yesterday. So for those of you that are listening to this in the podcast, you're going to hear me say literally the exact same sentence. 
A five-star defensive lineman is a rarity and one of, if not the most coveted positions for recruiting in college football. They're, they're rare and they are highly sought after. And so just because he committed to Ole Miss does not mean it's over. I mean, I think everybody has said that at this point. However, the overwhelming majority of recruits do not flip. That's the thing about So, yes, he committed to Ole Miss. No, it's not over. They're going to have to continue to do this until the end because I promise you everybody that wanted him before yesterday are still going to want him. If you think Auburn and Hugh Freeze are going to stop trying to go after this kid, then you're crazy. Same thing with Tennessee and Miami and whoever else has wanted him. But the the overwhelming majority of commits do not flip. That that's why flips are so newsworthy and noteworthy. They're they're rare. It's it's atypical. And so while it's going to be a fight, getting his commitment is still a significant thing because again, just based on history, the overwhelming majority do not flip. So it, it was a big deal. It, it was a big deal for Ole Miss yesterday. Their defensive line class now is two four stars and a five star. That's it's just one class, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. They do that annually, but that's the kind of defensive line classes that the best of college football bring in. Um, you credit Pete Golding for that. Did I see that Tyler Jordan from Realtree tweeted that he's doing another collaboration with Ole Miss football? Uh, you can basically expect that in perpetuity. Yeah, that, um, He very clearly loves Ole Miss, and Ole Miss very clearly loves them, and and the collaboration is working. And Yeah, what I would like to see, and I I don't know if it's possible. I I don't know if Nike or or the SEC would allow it. I don't don't think you can sell your uniforms. That's why the helmet deal was more complicated than just slap stuff on a helmet because I don't think you're allowed to sell sponsorships like on your jersey. But tell me how cool this would look. A white jersey – with with the powder real tree as the stripes and the numbers. So the, the the pattern that was on the helmet, but on a white jersey on the numbers and the stripes. Now that would be sick, I think. I think that would look better than the helmet. I, I didn't like the helmet as much as, as some people did. It was it was fine. Like it certainly wasn't bad. I just I didn't like it as much as other people did. I would love that though as an accent on the jersey numbers and the sleeves or on the, the shoulder stripes. That's where I think it would really look good. But yeah, that's not that's not going away anytime soon. Almost did a really good job of keeping with Franklin all throughout the process, and now they just have to hold on to him till December, shaping up to be a monumental defensive line class if it continues. Uh, one thing you can guarantee is Pete Golding will not um, let up. He won't let up. Anthony says, love the show. Glad you're not a fanboy. Appreciate that. I was bored and listened to the locked on guy. You would think, oh, well, I'm not going to, I am not going to speak uh, um, about anybody else at this content. It's, it's, it's extremely difficult and people, you know, choose their paths and stuff. And um, that's not me. I appreciate your compliment. I, I, I love you to death, Anthony. I'm, I'm glad you're here, man. I, I appreciate you, but um, I appreciate you for sure. You love how when it's legal to pay players, you still get fans from other schools that say they try to claim anyone of cheating when all they're doing is paying above board. Well, even if it's not above board, nobody's going to do anything about it anyway. You know, you're technically not supposed to offer it as inducements, but again, they're not going to do anything about it. 
Jason says, I don't care. He's a state fan, by the way. He says, I'm just glad one of these five-star kids stayed home for a minute at least. You, Jason, in your home state in Arizona, a five-star defensive lineman stuck with the Wildcats. And I, I love that. I, the, the, the one way, not the one way, there's a lot of ways, but a big way that NIL can help level the playing field to some degree. The playing field's never going to get level. There's always going to be discrepancies because there's no cap on anything. Texas A&M, with a $200 million budget, plays in the same conference as Mississippi State with a $100 million budget. A&M literally has double what... Mississippi schools have, and the Mississippi schools still kick their ass all the time, uh, even with the resources. But there's always going to be a dramatic resource discrepancy in college football. Always. It's always been that way. It's always going to be that way. I don't know if it can get any worse, but one thing that NIL can do, and also other factors like the the access to games and, and television exposure is just even... In the Big 12, which is what Arizona is going to be in, mom and dad and aunt and uncle and cousins and, you know, they they don't – you don't have to go to Ohio State to get seen every Saturday anymore. It's, it's not that way. So a five-star can get paid, you know, get the money that others are offering him so, so he, can, he can make money. And it's a local guy, so he'll get more than just like the NIL cash, right? A guy from Tucson – who goes to Arizona, who's a five-star, is going to get more than just the booster money that they give under the table that they call NIL when it's really just a salary. Guys like that, he'll get real endorsement deals, local stuff, and so he'll get money, he'll, he'll, he'll be promoted, he'll be a star, and he doesn't have to go to Ohio State to, to do that. I do think NIL can, if, if you do it right and you're structured well and your fans care, can create a situation where a guy from Arizona who's a five-star defensive lineman doesn't have to go to Georgia to get exposure. And so I, I loved when I saw that. We talked about it on the radio show. You might remember, Jason, um, that I I hope that becomes a trend in college football. And so now a five-star defensive lineman from Mississippi is not leaving the state. He's staying in the state. And I hope the same thing happens in in Missouri and in Arkansas and, and wherever these five stars pop up, they don't feel like they have to go to the football factories because they can get paid, they can get their exposure, and they can play high-level football and still go to the NFL, and they don't have to go anywhere to do it. So I, I love that, and, and I'm glad it's it's happening. Corral, though having less yards, played much better the first week, much better. Absolutely much better. And another message. Hey, Corral played more this weekend and was all right despite the line. Also, Sam Williams got matched up with Charles Cross and embarrassed him. Seems familiar. Cross, hey, Cross is going to be, a, it is, a really, 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 really good football player. But, yeah, Sam got him uh, for sure on that play. I mean, Sam's going to be that way too. Uh, I mean, he's he's a double-digit sack guy, or at least that's what the Cowboys think he'll be this year. And uh, in year two, I agree with this. Week one would have a better slate if they didn't spread the games over five days. If LSU Florida State was on Saturday, it would change uh, a lot of things uh, in terms of the way we look at it. But even Clemson Duke. Now, I'm not I'm not naive. I don't think Clemson's going to lose to Duke. But on Monday night on the road and it's not a difficult environment and there will be more Clemson fans there uh, than Duke fans probably. But. Um, 
Duke's got really good quarterback play, a bunch of people back. You might get a little fun on Monday night as uh, as well. Yeah, I agree. LSU, Florida State, I, I think uh, both of those teams are, are playoff caliber teams. I really like Florida State. Florida State has, I think, three games on their schedule. If you know what I mean. They have three games on their schedule. I think it's Notre Dame, Clemson, and they, you know, they do play Florida, but it's what is it? Notre Dame, Clemson, and North. Where you know they'll be close games, losable games. Otherwise, the schedule is really favorable. I think they get Notre Dame and Clemson at home. Don't fact check me. I'm probably wrong, but fans are tweeting and reposting the eye emoji on. Tyler, the Realtree guys tweet saying something about future projects. I think they're getting their hopes up. I, people are doing that a lot with, with recruiting and stuff. And Anyway, you think Utah is down to their third string guy now? You're not high on Florida at all, but I think they can win it. Yeah, Cam Rising still is not practicing yet. Still hasn't been cleared after tearing his ACL in the Rose Bowl. I love Kyle Whittingham. I, I love him. But what he did in their scrimmage, what was it, last week, was reckless. So so your starter, your veteran, your guy may not be available for Florida. Now, most people think that he's going to play even if he – because he's tough as hell and he, he's – he is so much fun to watch play. I mean, he's not scared of contact. I mean, it's like every game takes years off his life. He's physical. He's tough. He's a good quarterback, a good leader, all that. Great to watch. But he has yet to be cleared uh, for contact. So he practices, but not every day, and he still has not been cleared after ACL surgery uh, that he sustained. The injury was in the Rose Bowl. So you've got an inexperienced backup quarterback, I believe a redshirt freshman that was expected to start in his place. And you have a scrimmage where the quarterbacks are live, like live, live, to the point where your presumed starting quarterback, if Rising can't go, get sent to the hospital because he was hit so hard. And now they're down to a walk-on. And I just, I, I was shot that that seems so reckless to me. I mean, there's a, I get the idea of, you know, you, you got to toughen these guys up or whatever, but when you're already possibly down your starting quarterback, why on earth would you set yourself up for a scenario where you go into your season opener against an SEC team possibly starting a walk-on. Why would you ever put yourself in that situation? Very bizarre story there. Very bizarre story. You're not too high on Florida State? It's because you're wrong. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You like Clemson to still win the ACC? If LSU is locked in week one, you think the Tigers win that by 10 or 14? I hear you. You agree with me about Florida-Utah? You're inclined to think that Florida is going to smack Utah. I am too, man. And, and I got to buy hate at lunch if I'm wrong. Uh, reports out of there are not good, whether Rising plays or not. Uh, he, he's yet recovering from an ACL injury and in surgery in eight months is tough, man. And he's still not practicing. I mean, he's throwing a football and stuff. But What's up, Tim? Glad to see you. Another one says, State used to always get those kind of D-line players consistently in Mississippi. You can credit Pete Golding for that. 
Ole Miss also has a JUCO committed edge that is ranked number three JUCO player in the country. Another idea, Navy jersey with a red real tree pattern. Interesting. You say it's become apparent that the Grove Collective is one of the better collectives in college athletics. Uh, definitely not the richest. Definitely not the richest, but um, the volume of donors is impressive. And the organization, the structure of it, and the way it's run, and the creativity around it is is impressive. Um, they're not just taking in donations and passing it out to, to players. They're they're finding ways. Like the, the deal that they're doing with a Madden tournament, stuff like that. Just finding ways where they can engage a smaller fan base relative to their competition to try to raise money without just saying, give us money. There, there's... There's more to it than just shut up and give me money. Now, that's part of it, of course. But, yeah, you know, it's the, the organization, um, the forward thinking of it, it is impressive. It, it, it is. Um, yeah. The people that started it at first, so Walker Jones runs it now. He didn't start it. There are other people involved that, that laid the groundwork. But since he's taken over, it's, um, Yeah. It's impressive. You want to see more red jerseys this year from Ole Miss? They barely wear them now. Well, because they tried to do the the 12 combinations and 12 games thing last year. That's why. (laughs) Okay, forgive me. Your home state is Mississippi. You're just stuck in Arizona. There's a difference. I hear you. I uh, I hear you. Since A&M, or since Manziel left, A&M has a losing record against both Mississippi schools. Such an elite program, right? Honestly, Please don't take this the wrong way. How is that possible? How how is that possible that a program in that state with that much money can underachieve so bad? And the thing is, it's not just Jimbo. It's someone, and it's years of Texas A&M football. And, And the thing is, you know, I know some people say, well, it's because it's a cold or whatever. No, then explain Texas. Why has Texas, since 2009, not won the Big 12 through multiple coaches? How on earth are Texas and Texas A&M so capable of underachieving? When when you look around and you see Ed Orgeron win a national championship at LSU, you know, how are they so inefficient? With the most of everything, there is no excuse for Texas A&M to lose to the Mississippi schools. And yet they do over and over and over again. And there's nothing fluky about it. Both Ole Miss and State last year just lined up across from Texas A&M and kicked their ass. How, How is that possible considering all of their resources? Tells you that resources aren't everything. You know, you still got to coach the players and, and you still got to be efficient and, and all that. But the the years and the number of coaches that those failures have spanned is hard to fathom. It really is. You said Jimbo's the most overrated coach in history. Jameis won him that title. Jimbo owes the $70 million buyout he's going to get um, after this year to uh, to Jameis. 
and also to Ross Bjork for giving giving him a raise when he was competing against nobody. That's uh, that's always it's always fun to do. But but it's more than just Jimbo with A and M. It's not just him. You think A and M loses to Ole Miss, and if it gets weird with Jimbo being outed, you think State can potentially go there and win? Wouldn't be surprised. They've done it before. <laughs> They've done it before. They'll do it again. Top three games I'm watching in week one without a Mississippi school. Well, frankly, none of the Mississippi schools are, are games that I'm uh, that that I'm quote unquote watching other than because I have to. But no, I mean, like I'm not looking forward to those at all. So yeah, let's uh, let's pull up the schedule and I'll give you I'll give you my top three and, and I'll give you Saturday. Right? Is that what you're asking for? Because obviously, one of the answers is LSU and. Um, and Florida State. So let's see. I'm watching South Carolina, North Carolina. It's an interesting as hell football game. I'm actually, I know this isn't in my top three, but Boise State, Washington is actually one that I'm curious about. Washington could be a sleeper playoff team. So that's one, you know, check your score app. If you have two TVs, put that on TV too. Uh, don't hate that idea. So I think on that Saturday, my number one is South Carolina, North Carolina. My number two is probably Tennessee, Virginia, because I want to see how good Joe Milton in Tennessee is. I don't think that game will be close, but still. Hmm, number three, number three. Again, I'm just doing on that Saturday. Hmm. I guess it's got to be Coach Prime. At TCU on that Saturday. Again, lineup not great. Thursday good, Sunday good, Saturday not uh, not so much. Those are good returns. You say you're starting your weekly picks later tonight when 392 and 299 in year one and then 237 and 212 last year. Damn. South Carolina UNC is the best game on Saturday by far. It is. Game day's there, all that. So... I hate that it's not in one of their stadiums, though. It's in Charlotte. I, I wish they would do home and homes. I would much rather have that game at williams Bryce uh, as opposed to in Charlotte. But, you know, we get what we get, I guess. You've been struggling on SEC spread picks, but you're really good at picking the Mississippi schools. You picked Ole Miss to go 5-5, five 9-3, and 9-3 five, nine and three, nine and three the last three years. State three and seven, six and six, seven and five. So you, you've been kind of close. Yeah, what? Last year, just one game off of each. It was pretty much, I assume, the Egg Bowl, right? This year, not as sure. A lot of volatility in the West. What do I think would be the bigger win this season at Alabama or versus LSU? That's a good question. The bigger win. Hmm. I can tell you what that answer is for Lane. It would be at Alabama. What would be the bigger win? That is a really, really, really good question. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm going to think on that for a while. I think you would rather, since I view Alabama and LSU as the same this year, I think they're they're the same on the same tier, um, 1A, 1B in the West. I guess it depends on perspective, right? Because I think you would much rather win those games at home. It's just better 
think about how much better a home win is as a fan for you to be there. And then when the game's over, you walk out to the tailgate or you go to the bar or you stay in the stadium for an hour. That That's so much sweeter than the overwhelming majority of you are going to be at home if your team wins a big road game. Uh, so, yeah, I guess my vote is would be LSU. If you've got to pick one, I think you would rather win a game like that at home, I think. And then the first response is against what I'm saying. Look at me. I have, a, I have my finger on the pulse of the fan base. You think beating Alabama in any year is better than LSU, but beating the Tigers at home would be a big signature win in front of a probably record crowd. will be a record crowd. I think it will. It's a real tree away jersey. You've seen it. What a guess. What a guess on my part. Ole Miss finally has a loaded tight end room. It's good. It's a hell of a lot better than it was last year when, when you had to put Mingo at tight end because there was nobody else to put at tight end. The Grove Collective is the Billy Bean of college sports, understanding how to do it with very little. And the thing is, it's not they, they don't have very little um, they're actually pretty well funded. Um, but yeah, they, they, they don't have A&M or Georgia money, or I, I would venture to guess Tennessee uh, would guarantee LSU. But the way it's used is, is efficient, and the creativity behind it is, is there. Did I see where Manziel did not watch film in the NFL? Yeah, I watched the documentary. Honestly, I didn't like it. Uh, I, I thought they did a really poor job of going in depth w- w- with somebody that clearly, I don't know, and maybe it's uh, he wasn't willing um, to to give them that much to to go that deep. But uh, I, I don't think they did a good enough job uh, of telling the depth of, of that story. I mean, when forgive me for being morbid, but this this was in the documentary. When the subject of your documentary tells you that he purchased a weapon and held it up to his head and pulled a trigger and it didn't fire, and that's all you – that's it. I mean, it it was just like 10 seconds in there where, yeah, I did that, and then they just cut to the next thing. And it's like, wait a minute. Oh, hold on. Why why are you rushing away from, from that part of the story? What happened after that? Anyway, I I didn't think it was I didn't think it was well. I, I was not as um, impressed as some people was uh, about that. I mean, the mania and, and all that surrounding it was was interesting to relive, but the the depth just wasn't there uh, for me. I, I think they could have done a much better job at digging deep into the person. But anyway, that's just kind of how I how I thought it. You hope the A&M baseball team is just as inefficient because, boy, they're spending cash. I, I, unfortunately, I think I think they're going to be good for, for a while in baseball. I like Schlossnagel a lot, and they're recruiting like mad. They're watching House of Cards now. Man, I, it's been a while since I've seen that. I'm, I'm kind of done show watching, though. That, that's the thing. Now that football season's here, I, I mean, I've got The Witcher that, that I'm going to finish before – Saturday, and then that's it. I, I won't be taking on any new shows until after the season. You were talking to your dad the other day about what State or Ole Miss would be if they had A&M's money. Oh, my gosh, man. Could, 
I, I want to say, could you imagine? Clearly, you, you could imagine it. But but seriously, think about that. W- with the with the success that has that has happened here, and the limited resources compared to almost all of their competition, it's actually pretty remarkable uh, how good Ole Miss and State have been at times, considering what they're up against. Think about the resources between State and Ole Miss and LSU and Alabama and A&M. Th- think about the difference. I mean, even Arkansas, where it's a state that doesn't produce talent like Mississippi does, but but they own that state. They are by themselves. Arkansas is an Arkansas state, and that's it. There's no division like there is here. I mean, you've got companies that are that are afraid of, like, sponsoring players because they don't want to turn off the other fan base. So uh, I- I've heard it where a company like a company wanted to do a deal with Matt Corral because Matt Corral in Mississippi was very marketable. They wanted to do a, a true marketing deal with Matt Corral. But they didn't even really go down that road because when they brought up the idea, guy in the room was like, state fans are going to be mad, so you have to do Rodgers too. That, that's what you run into here. You don't run into that in Arkansas. So – Kind of a unique situation here. Alabama is similar, but there's more resources there. And, and to fight against everything that is fought against here from the schools here and to still have relative success against their peers who don't is impressive. If State and Ole Miss were one team, where would they be ranked top 10? Top five, maybe even. They'd be a national power. I agree completely with how this state produces Indiana will upset Ohio State heard it here first that would be a hell of a first game for you wouldn't it T? god that would be so funny um Brian Day still hasn't picked a quarterback yet he even said that he's not unwilling to go into the season I don't believe he will but they thought it was going to be a little bit easier I guess either that or he's playing coy like Lane Kiffin is one or the other, but it doesn't sound like it. Uh, I think he's just on my 30,000-foot view, and that that's all I've got. It, it seems like Ryan Day in his last press conference was kind of frustrated with the fact that there hasn't been an obvious separation, but I could be reading that completely, completely wrong. You say it's the lack of an elite quarterback at Texas A&M who's the best quarterback Jimbo has had in College Station. Might be the one he's got right now. Might be the one he's got right now, Wiegman. But, yeah, it, it is incredible, Jay, what what high-level quarterback play can do uh, to a football team. I mean, just make Matt Corral average in 2021. Make him average. Just an average quarterback. Is Ole Miss winning 10 games? Hell no. Nope. No shot. So, they don't beat Arkansas. They don't um, don't beat Tennessee. So there's at least two more losses. Probably don't, I mean, may not even win the Egg Bowl. Elite quarterback play does so much. Tulane, South Alabama could be good. It will be good. Yeah, that's an an under-the-radar game where if you've got, you know, a setup where you've got like a TV and then like an iPad or something, you put that one on the iPad and check it out. Yeah, that's a good one. 
You're high on Washington. You think they face USC in the Pac-12 title. Washington could make the playoff this year. I really, really like Washington. The Mercer game will be a game where you're intently watching in the first half and kind of flipping back and forth in the second. Uh, I I think Keith Carter, I'm only halfway joking when I say this, but I think that, I think I've said this to you guys before. So forgive me if I'm being repetitive. But every fan that is walking out of the stadium after the Mercer game should be handed a brand new, like, crisp $100 bill for their troubles. Like, Keith Carter should be standing outside of a gate, handing out hundreds to the people that are still there at the end of the fourth quarter on their way out of the game. And then that should be docked from Lane Kiffin's salary. Seriously, if you're one of those fans that stays to the end of those games, you are um, admirable. And I'm not, I'm not being flippant. I mean, that that is admirable to, to love your team that much to, to do that. That's Im- truly impressive. And the schools need more fans like you because there's no way in hell I would do that. Absolutely not. No way. It's got to be Bama since Ole Miss hasn't beaten them since whenever. Uh, 2015, right? So it's actually been quite some time since uh, since that game. It would be Alabama no matter what because Ole Miss, let alone Lane Kiffin, hasn't beaten them since 15. Matt says, give me LSU losing to Bama and then coming back and beating LSU would be a good morale boost coming off the loss. And then Arkansas the next week. Yeah, they did smack LSU in 21. They they did. That was a good visual day, too, with the powder blue jerseys and red. That that kind of stuff I remember more than, like, the game itself. Like, I remember the visuals. Um, that was a good visual day. You'll be at the Bama game, so you want to say roll, tears, roll. Beautiful stadium. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of what goes on around it, truthfully, but you'll have fun. I mean, it's a it's college football. If you've never been anyway, if you've been, then um, you know what I'm talking about. But Priest Corn is a lot quicker than you thought. He's an NFL guy. He certainly is. Truly staggering thing regarding Jimbo is he's recruiting much, much better than someone did. He's not winning like someone did. Why did they betray him as poor-ish when he actually had money growing up? Well, I mean, I think at the time, um, you know, people called him like uber wealthy, right? And that wasn't exactly the case. Weird thing is, you bet AM probably starts 5 and 0. They play Miami, but they suck. It's in Miami, though. And that they struggled with the Hurricanes last year. And they host Auburn early, but you don't know if Freeze wins that so early. And they always beat Arkansas, who you're not high on. There's a chance they're 5 and 0. There's also a chance they're 2 and 3, though. Um, I think they'll lose one of those games. I think they'll be 4 and 1 after five weeks. If they start 5-0, and then lose to Bama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, and one more, you think he's gone most likely? I think anything 8-4 and four or worse is, is going to see him out. 
Since the playoff era, Ole Miss has won 10 games twice to A&M's zero and played in three New Year's Six Bowls to A&M's one and leads the series. And throw in 2014 for State, and they have a 10-win season. It's shocking when you think about it, what Ole Miss and State are up against in their results versus what A&M is up against in their results. It's, it's shocking. Sorry you're tardy. Don't be sorry. I appreciate you being here, man. Nonetheless, it's almost go time. Almost six days, six days. You're getting a little excited for September and anticipating the Rebels to go four and one, hopefully in that month, three and two at worst. That three-game stretch is tough, man, with Alabama, LSU, and Arkansas in a row. That's that's a tough three-game stretch, but I, I do think they'll be tested a little bit uh, ahead of time, which which I think will benefit them. Tulane will be a little bit of a test, and even Georgia Tech, I think, is not a game that they're just going to sleep be able to sleepwalk through like they did a year ago. Um, I wouldn't expect like 45 nothing out of that Georgia Tech team at home this year. So they'll get they'll get to figure themselves out a little bit better than they were able to a year ago before they start playing those games like that. Oh, Indiana hasn't picked a quarterback either. Look at you saying we. You're such a company person, you. That's so cool. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of your weather, T. I'll never not be jealous of your weather, even in the winter. I'll never not be jealous of your weather based on what we've dealt with around here. Ole Miss was one vote from being in the Gulf, even with MSU around. Had that happened, they'd be dang close to a national power. Culture will be a factor if the latter happens. Yeah, starting to to lose games. You wonder about losing the locker room. That's always an issue, though, but with, with their unique roster composition. Something to, to be worried about. Watched the Tulane-USC bowl game last night. Forgot that USC had it controlled until the second quarter. Man, they choked. Southern Cal straight up choked in that game. But Tulane's bound for a big letdown early on. Probably lose two of three to South Alabama, Ole Miss, and USM. Yeah, Southern Miss beat them last year. They're playing Ole Miss. And then a South Alabama team that returns basically everybody. I mean, there, there's a chance that they start 0-3. A real chance that they start 0-3. You say Ole Miss will be their Super Bowl. Yeah, and you know people are making a deal out of only getting 3,000 tickets. I, I, I am willing to bet that half the stadium will still be wearing red that day. Um, the the uh, amount of Ole Miss fans that, that I know, just anecdotal, that bought season tickets to Tulane, for $77 for the season, just for the Ole Miss game to sell the rest, I, I'm telling you, it's... The the 3000 thing, it's going to be a lot more than that. The defensive end, Kyle says, is going to be the most determining factor in the SEC this year. Who stands tall? Ole Miss has got to stay healthy there. Got to, got to, got to. They can be good there if they stay healthy there. Depth may not be there, but the front-end talent should be there. Hot take, Ole Miss, when they renovate, if they had the money but will not, they should put a retractable roof on it so when it's supposed to be hot or rainy days, they can close it. Uh, yeah, that's that's fiscally impossible, but I do think that they should do awnings like European soccer. Washington has big ones as well. I think that's something that they should consider. It's probably expensive, but it, it all is. Does Bjork get canned with Jimbo? He should, but I don't think he will. He'll fall upward again to be the AD of Ohio State or something. Wouldn't be <laughs> probably. 
maybe the head of the NCAA or something, commissioner of the SEC. Memphis game type beat if Tulane wins. Oh, yeah. Retractable roof, Idaho Vandals vibes. The Kibbe Dome. What a great venue. What a uh, what a great venue. But whew, that was a big yawn. Jeez. Sorry, I'm distracted. Um, big yawn. Anyway, uh, I got to run, guys. Uh, thank you so much for, for being a part. As, uh, as always, uh, I love you all to death. And uh, football season is here. It's game week now. You're about to spend way too much in the home field Ole Miss drop. Their apparel looks really good. It is really good. So I, I expect that line to look awesome as uh, as well. But anyway, I got to run. Uh, see you guys Tuesday. Tuesday night, 7.45. And uh, it's game week, not for us around here. But it's technically game week. So we'll talk about that. Whatever else comes up between now and then. I'll uh, see you guys on Tuesday. Y'all have a good night. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.